afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to live from your true self through all of life's twists and turns. And you'll be challenged to lean into the mysteries of life to find your own deepest wisdom. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, we've always heard a lot about how we ought to love everyone, how we should love others, and lately even how we should love ourselves. But we don't hear so much about learning how to receive love, and most of us have not been taught how to do this. We've not been taught to accept loving gestures with humility. We've not been taught how to relish in the love that is constantly ours coming from the divine. We've not been taught how to receive the love that comes to us from spouses, partners, and even our children. And learning to receive love is one of the basic ingredients of happiness. And happiness is one of the basic ingredients of wellness and wholeness. So stay tuned today to learn how to receive love. So, okay, let's talk about what we have already learned about love. Um, you know, and, and some of this is incorrect learning. Some of it, what we've been taught is not what we, what was, is the most helpful thing for us to be taught. Um, We've been taught that we should love everyone. From, from knee to a tadpole, we've been all taught that we should just love everyone. And uh, there's a problem with that in that we believe that love means um, unconditional acceptance. And that when we love somebody, we should always just tolerate what they do and we should accept the unacceptable and tolerate the intolerable till the end of life, amen, that's all. And... So what that means for most of us is that we, we, we think we should always be nice and good and kind and loving all the time, regardless of how someone else is treating us. Now, in today's world where we have Twitter accounts and, and uh, Facebook and all those social media accounts, we, we kind of hide behind the mask of those, uh, the social media to be able to say whatever hateful thing we want to say. And so our bitterness, all the stuff we've been holding in all this time is coming out and it's not pretty. Uh, so uh, what, what happens when we've been taught that we should love everyone is that we, we, we split off into a nice guy on the outside and a not so nice guy on the inside. And, uh, and so what, what's sitting down in there festering is, is some pretty ugly stuff because we've been tolerating stuff that we shouldn't have to tolerate. So loving everyone does not mean that unconditional acceptance that says I'll put up with whatever you deliver and you just I won't have any boundaries and I won't I won't ask for what I need and I won't I will just be kind and nice and sweet all the time and you can just run over me any way you want. That's not what loving everyone means. The truth is on a spiritual level we already do love everyone. We love them uh, uh, unconditionally, but that does not mean we should tolerate what they do. Um, it, it does mean that loving them, you know, one of the earliest passages and one of the best well-known passages worldwide about love is that defined in the Christian Bible in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where it says, love loves the truth, love rejoices in the truth. And that's just one of the definitions of love it gives, but uh, that that one uh, kind of underscores everything else. So love means that you tell the truth. 
And that doesn't mean you pretend that things are okay when they're not okay. It doesn't mean that you, you tolerate the intolerable and accept the unacceptable. It doesn't mean that. It means that you tell the truth all the time, all the time, all the time. And that telling the truth is loving. Telling the truth is loving. So when we've been taught to believe that we should love everyone, what we've been, we've been taught uh, that, that love is something it isn't. Um, love is telling the truth. Yes, love is patient. That doesn't mean it tolerates the intolerable. It just means that it waits. It waits for, you know, forever if it has to. But it doesn't mean that it tolerates the intolerable. Well, it also doesn't mean, as I said in, our, in the show about forgiveness not so long ago, that we just forgive the unforgivable. I'm not saying there are things that are unforgivable. I'm not sure there are. I don't, I don't know about that. I haven't really formulated a philosophy about that. But, but I do think that uh, when we just say, I'll take you back, and we call that forgiveness, that's not truly forgiveness. Because there's, there's a lot that goes on emotionally and spiritually with regard to forgiveness that hasn't even been touched when we, start, when we just say, I'll take you back. So... So the teaching that we should love everyone is misguided um, because it doesn't have a correct definition of love, A. And secondly, it uses the word should. And if you've listened to me at all, you know that I say, if you put the word should in front of the word love, it ceases to be love and becomes obligation. Now it's a should. Now it's a have to. Now it's an ought to. It's not a sincere uh, energy that comes from the heart. And so when we're talking about loving everyone, uh, uh, what we need to understand is that our basic core, we are already one with everyone and everything on the planet. So there is a natural love that just is there for us. But that, again, doesn't mean that we have to tolerate all kinds of bad stuff. What it does mean is that we just trust that that love is there and that even though we're having difficulties with someone, that love is still there. And so we can uh, pray for that other person. We can meditate on their healing. We can offer them. Uh, we can offer them truth, and that might mean the truth might mean I need to get away from you because it's not safe for me to be around you. Uh, but that truth does offer the potential for healing for that person. So uh, we can trust that that love is just there. Uh, so we we understand that that this thing about others, this thing about others, is a big onus on all of us that we should we we should just always be kind and loving toward other people. We have not necessarily been taught so much about being kind and loving toward ourselves. Only recently has that idea become really popular um, that we should love ourselves. And I agree with the idea that we should love ourselves, although I wouldn't put the word should in front of it. I would say we already do love ourselves at a really deep level, and that finding that love that we have for ourselves is part of our job in, in terms of exploring ourselves for authenticity. Finding that love for ourselves is very, very important. And so what does that mean? That means that we treat ourselves with respect, and that means that we, would, we don't call ourselves bad names. Uh, it means that we are uh, considerate of our time and our energy and our, and our life force and that we uh, pay attention to the things that matter in our lives and we go after the things that are meaningful in our lives and we give ourselves the things that we need. We take really loving, nurturing care of ourselves. That's what self-love is all about. 
And I, I really think that that kind of love is essential because it is in formulating that kind of love that we really truly do learn to love other people as well. We, 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 we have it backwards. We have had it backwards for centuries. We've had all these shoulds about loving other people. We haven't had any shoulds about loving ourselves. And so we haven't really learned how to love other people either because we, we don't know how to love ourselves. If I can't understand me, how am I going to go about understanding you? If all I ever do is judge me, then all I'm ever going to do is judge you. If my only relationship with me is harsh and critical, then my relationship with you, whether you know it or not, is going to be harsh and critical. So I I need to be able to love myself, and uh, that's just a given. I just need to be able to do that. But on top of that, additionally, we also learn to love other people that way. Because we we can empathize with ourselves and therefore we can empathize with other people. We can see how they feel because we see how we feel. We can understand them because we can understand ourselves. So loving ourselves is also very, very important. But what we haven't been taught and what is is kind of left out of of the equation here is how to receive love from other people, from life itself, and from the divine. What does that mean to receive love? I mean, isn't that a gimme? Isn't that just being selfish? Isn't that just, uh, you know, going after your own stuff and, and not being considerate of other people? Isn't the most wonderful thing we can be is selfless? Isn't that what we're taught? The most wonderful thing we can possibly be is to be selfless? Well, what I say is if you're selfless, you're a person without a self. And that's a person who, who has spent so much time being there as a, as a should for other people, obligated to other people, sacrificing for other people, doing this quote-unquote right thing for other people, always there for other people, never knowing herself or himself, never understanding herself or himself, never, uh, never becoming acquainted with himself or herself. I've worked with people who are so involved with other people that they don't even know what kind of food they like. Do they like ice cream? I don't know. Do you like pickles? I don't know. Do you like hot dogs? I don't know. Do you like to take walks? I don't know. Do you, do you know what you want to do? I give assignments to people all the time in my practice. I give them a, a homework assignment to go home and spend three hours on a Saturday doing nothing but what they want to do. And they come back and say, I couldn't do it. I don't know what I want. I couldn't figure out what I wanted. Why? Because they're so identified as I am the person who's there for other people. I am always taking care of mama and daddy and sister and brother and uncle and aunt and and children and husband or wife. And I'm just always taking care of other people. And that's what I do. And that's how I've proved to myself that I'm a worthy, good person. And so I don't know anything about me. I've already given that up. That I put me in the closet long years ago and I just left left him or her behind and I came out here to serve other people and that's all I do but resentment builds up over the years or exhaustion builds up over the years and eventually they come to therapy and go what's wrong with me why why am I filled with such resentment why am I so tired and the answer is because there's nobody home inside you you left that person way behind a long time ago there's no receiving there. There's no receiving love. If somebody tries to give love, they just very often will reject it. You know, oh, I don't need that. I need to be serving other people. 
Okay, so if you're out there and you're one of those people, this show could be very helpful to you. Also, the book Letting Go of Good could be very helpful to you um, because that's all about that person. But, you know, when it comes to receiving, this thing of receiving, there's a lot of uh, morality out there that talks about receiving as selfish. You know, if, it's, if you, you're getting, you're not giving. You should be giving all the time. It should be all about the business of give, give, giving. And uh, there's lots of people who identify with that. They say, I'm a giver. And I always end up marrying takers. Isn't that right? Isn't that what we say? We end up marrying the opposite of who we are? Well, why is that? Why does that happen? It happens because we're propping up a role. Being a giver is a role. It's not who you are. It's not who you authentically are. It's a role you've learned to play very well to, to stay alive, to survive in your family of origin and to then later to survive in your social world. And, and uh, so you give and you give and you give and you give. But there's not much room for receiving, and so therefore there's there's not an art to it. There's not an understanding of it. There's not a there's not a uh, an understanding of what it's like to receive love. So uh, that that our concept is also true in a lot of the Western religion and 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 some ideas about Eastern religion as well, where we're supposed to be servants. We're supposed to be servants. And, and in Western religion, that's followed by the phrase of God. We're supposed to be servants of God. We're supposed to serve God. And there's not much room in there for God to do much for us. We're supposed to be about the business of taking care of God. But what do you do with the statement, cease striving and know that I am God? What do you do when it says cease striving and know that I am God? If, if that's true then we're not supposed to be about the business of trying hard to be a servant and, and striving after goodness and striving after doing the right thing. We're not supposed to be doing that. We're supposed to be allowing God to give to us. And as we receive from the divine, or God, or however you call that, as we receive from the divine, we naturally just give to other people. It's like a light bulb shines when it's, when it's turned on. It doesn't shine when it's not turned on. We're not turned on until we receive from the divine, whatever the divine is for you. So receiving from the divine is what we do in meditation. Meditation is one of the ways we stop and stop. We stop talking. We stop thinking. We stop everything. We just receive. And that's what meditation is all about, just receiving. And that's why it's so hard for us. It's because we don't aren't taught to receive. We're taught to give, give, give. We're taught to not be selfish. We're taught that giving, receiving is selfish and giving is good and unselfish. And so, so we've not be ha- been taught to accept loving gestures with humility. What is humility? But a recognition of our humanity. A recognition of our humanity. I'm just like everybody else. I'm not better. I'm not worse. I'm just like everybody else. I may be different from other people. I may have differences from some of the people that I know, but I'm just like some other people who have things in common with me. So, for example, if I'm a gay person, I may not be the same as my family who's not gay, but I can find other gay people in the world. So our differences don't make us inhumane. They make us different from some people, but the same as others. 
So our humanity is our uh, uh, is uh, the recognition of our of our um, position on the planet. We're not gods, although uh, according to Eastern religion and according to much of the New Age movement and the Human Potential movement, and uh, we are gods. According to Jesus Christ, we are gods. Uh, so. So we have the divine in us, and we we have that power within us, and that potentiality within us. Um, so humility doesn't mean say, uh, holding your head down and 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 being humiliated. It doesn't mean being shamed. It doesn't mean feeling guilty. Although that's what it means to a lot of people. It mean to a lot of people. It means that we should accept the fact that we're sinful people. And uh, we'll never be anything more than sinful people, and that we always are in need, therefore, of grace. Well, I think we're always in need of grace. I agree with that. But uh, I don't believe that, uh, and you can decide what you believe, I don't believe that we are sinful people. I believe that we are gods. And uh, we don't know that we're gods. We think that we're separate from the divine. And therefore, we act as if we're separate from the divine. Ergo, we make a lot of mistakes. Um, we miss the mark. So some would say that means we sin. But uh, I think that definition, the definition that's typically used of sin, is not one I want to use, so I choose not to use that word. Uh, so when we talk about this whole idea of humility, we're not talking about being humiliated. We're not talking about shame. We're not talking about believing that you're a sinful person. We're talking about recognizing who you are, where you are, being real with, with that whole thing. I am, uh, 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 according to that statement, cease striving and know that I am God, I am God. According to, um, you know, uh, the passage in Psalms, one of the Psalms, which I can't remember, um, it says we are a little lower than the angels, or a little lower than God, depending on which translation you look at. Um, so we have that we have that uh, uh, those capacities to recognize our deep human spirit, which is one with the divine, and that uh, that receiving then comes with that recognition that because I am one with the divine, I can receive from the divine directly. I don't need to go through a church. I don't need to go through a priest. I don't need to go through a, uh, an organization of any type. I can just be with the divine I am and receive from the divine. So that's what humility means. Um, so accepting loving gestures, what does that mean? Uh, it means learning to be grateful, learning how to be grateful, not contrived gratitude so that we can get something else that we want. But real gratitude, genuine gratitude that comes from the heart that says, I'm really thankful for this. Um, so, so we're going to talk some more about this when we, right after the break. We're going to talk some more about what it means to receive. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after these announcements. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. 
Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you are looking to deepen your understanding of karma, the law of attraction, metaphysics, mindfulness, and intuition, be sure to tune in each week for You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind with host Katherine Potter. Catherine and her insightful guests will show how everything interconnects, explaining concepts and modalities that connect the mind and body. It's a refreshing look at the universe and the laws that govern it. Listen every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at AndreaMatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about how to learn to receive love. But before we talk any more about that, I want to tell you about one of my favorite things. Super Soul Sunday coming up this Sunday, June the 2nd at 11 a.m. Eastern and Pacific on the OWN Network. Uh, Father Richard War, one of my favorite theologians. He's, uh, he's a contemporary theologian, a mystic, an author. Father Richard War d- uh, is discussing his new book, The Universal Christ, How Our Forgotten Reality Can Change Everything We See, Hope For, and Believe. A Franciscan priest for more than 40 years and founder of the Center for Action and Contemplation in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Father War shares why he believes the essential function of religion is to radically connect humanity with the world around us and why Christ is another name for everything. He also explains true enlightenment is looking out from oneness and how these realizations can transform the way we live in our everyday world. So you want to be there for that. Remember, this Sunday, June 2nd at 11 a.m. Eastern and Pacific on our one of my favorite people, Father Richard Rohr. And I really, truly appreciate what he says about looking out from oneness. There's a lot of mystics out there who understand this whole concept of oneness. And that's a part of what we're talking about today with learning to receive love. That oneness is, uh, is a part of this whole thing of learning to receive love. That once we understand that we really are one with the divine, we can just sit with that and just soak it up. And that's what I, I think meditation is. We're sitting with and soaking up that divine love that's ours to receive. 
And uh, so much of us, of what we're taught to believe is all about worthiness and unworthiness. So much of what we're taught to believe tells us that we're not really worthy. And unworthiness means that you can't receive love. There's not an unconditionality to love. There's just this sense that you don't deserve it, so you shouldn't have it. And there's so much of our thinking, especially in the Western world, about deserving. And I tell you, I don't deserve a thing that I have. There's not anything that I deserve or don't deserve because it's not about deserving. It's about just receiving what is. And what is, is divine love everywhere in everything. According to Richard War, everything in the world is Christ. Christ is another name for everything. So anytime we connect to anything in the world, we're connecting to the Christ energy. And, uh, and or people in the Eastern religion might call it something different, might call it just oneness. Uh, but, but whatever you call it, whatever name you give it, it's the same thing. It is, is divine energy. And so that source of all things, that divine source of all things, is the source of our ability to receive love. So let's talk about that on a real practical level for a minute. How do you receive love that comes from spouses and partners and children? What happens when they try to give love? Or, or have you married or partnered with someone who doesn't really give that much love? A lot of us do that because we're used to not receiving love, so we just marry people who don't give much. And we don't expect much, so we don't get much. And so that's how we settle. We just sort of settle for that's, that's the way it's always been. That's probably the way it's always going to be. So, you know, just be there with that and, and live with it. But a lot of us are hungry. I know I am. I think all of us are on some level. We're all hungry to receive that deep connection with other people. We want to really know we are deeply connected to other people. And we get that by talking to them, by sharing that with them our deepest feelings and thoughts and asking them to do the same for us. And just that sharing is a kind of love. It's also a kind of trust that says, I trust you to receive this information and not hurt me with it. Um, so uh, being with other people means taking the risk to not only give love, but to receive love. And for many of us, that is a risk because we've been taught to believe that we're not supposed to receive love. We're supposed to give love all the time. So we're breaking the rules. We're breaking some rules and we're, we're changing our identity even by, by receiving love. Because if I've got an identity that says I'm a giver and I'm not really supposed to be thinking about receiving love, in order for me to receive love, I've got to change that identity. I've got to start saying, no, I need to receive. I, I can't just give all the time. I need to receive. And that recognition is a part of our evolution into enlightenment. It's a part of our understanding that, that we need and deserve love. Now, I will tell you, I will share with you that this is, this is something I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to receive love. That's one of the things that I started working on several years ago and have continued to work on over the years and am continuing to work on, that I, I need to allow myself to receive love. And I encourage you to do the same. So let's say your partner or your husband or your spouse or your wife or your husband hugs you. What I say is be with that hug. Really just relish in it. Really allow yourself to just be right there in the arms of the person you love and let yourself really feel it in your body 
Let yourself really take it into your soul. Let yourself just really, really receive that hug. That is receiving love. And that makes us much more grateful. And gratitude is also another way of receiving love. So we, so we have, have opened up to the, to, the, to the divine potentiality that love is everywhere. Love is in everything and everywhere. Now, I know that when we look around the world today, and we see the hate memes, and we see the, you know, the hateful Twitters, and uh, we hear the things on the news, and we see people shooting people, and we look around and we just say, there's just not any love anywhere. But what we don't understand is that love is everywhere. Love is in everything. We, just, we, we, have to, we might have to look a little deeper. We might have to look a little deeper than what's on the surface. But it is there. It's in everything and everyone. And in every action, there is a gift. Even though it's the darkest of all actions, we can receive a gift from it. And so that being able to receive that gift in the darkness... Uh, there's a little poem out there about have somebody handed me a box full of darkness and I opened and found it. It was a gift for me. Um, I'm not saying it right, but that's essentially what it means. And that's the truth. When a crisis comes into our life, there's a gift in that crisis for us. And if we can open up to receiving that gift, that's abil- the ability to receive love. So we've received the love that that person or that event came to give us. And even though people mean mean it for meanness you know there's an old story in the Jewish Tanakh about Joseph uh, who was born to to uh, Isaac and he um, no it's not Isaac it's Isaiah anyway I can't remember his father's name sorry about that but he uh, he was one of 12 sons and he uh, was actually Jacob who became Israel that's who it was and uh, he had 12 sons, and the last of those was Joseph, and Joseph was his favorite. And Joseph uh, was um, told the other brothers that he had a dream that that his older brothers would bow down to him one day. And his brothers got really jealous of that and didn't like the fact that he had those dreams. And so one day when they were on their way to, to do some things outside of their living space, they took Joseph and dropped him, beat him up and dropped him in a well and left him out there and came back home and uh, with his coat of many colors and showed his father that his blood was in the coat and told his father that he was dead. Actually, what happened was some people came from Egypt and, and bought him and took him uh, to Egypt and sold him into slavery. And uh, he, um, he was sold into slavery and he was a slave to some people for a while and at one point, he got accused of, of raping the, the wife of, the, of one of the big leaders and um, was put in jail. And from there, he started interpreting dreams for some people. And one of the people that was in the jail was the king's cupbearer, the pharaoh's cupbearer. And um, so he interpreted the dream of the cupbearer. And one day, the, the pharaoh had some dreams that he wanted interpreted. And one of the people who knew the cupbearer told the Pharaoh that he, he knew this interpreter and to bring him out of jail and let him interpret the, the Pharaoh's dream. So he interpreted the Pharaoh's dream, and the Pharaoh understood the dream to be about the country and how the country would survive a famine, and he was promoted up to second-in-command over Egypt. And when the famine struck, 
the brothers, Jacob and the brothers, all came to e- Egypt to find food and um, and uh, because they were they were starving in Israel and they were later um, they later met up with Joseph and Joseph forgave the brothers and when he did he said to them you meant it for evil but God meant it for good um, and I think that's true in a lot of our circumstances that though it may be on the somebody's conscious part they may be determining to hurt us but there's a gift in there there's a gift and I've experienced that in my own life where people did some things that were really harsh and mean but it turned out to be really good for me in the long run. It didn't feel good at first, but but it turned out to be really good. That's the ability to receive love, the ability to say, I'm going to take the gift here that I that is given to me, and I'm going to receive what, what I can from this. Um, and, and, and I said, you know, when I was talking about forgiveness, I said that forgiveness is the ability to take the gift. It's for the gift is what the word means in my view. I think forgiveness means for the gift. So once you've gotten the gift from whatever that was, then you have forgiven because by that time your heart's softened toward the other person. You're not so angry at them because you got the gift. Um, you've received the gift that it came to give you. And so, um, so I think it's really, really important for us to understand that we can receive from other people and learning how to do that in a real practical way when our children give us a gift, to really be able to let ourselves receive it. Mommy, I've got a picture for you. Let me show you my picture. And there's a picture of the mommy and the child and the father and the other children in the house. And you receive that with love and you really take it in and you really allow yourself to to take that moment in because, you know, 20 years from now that child's going to be gone and grown up and there won't be any more little pictures like that. And so being able to be in the moment and receive that gift that the child's giving you is a part of how we just really allow ourselves to relish in life. Um, So learning how to receive love is primary to our ability to be happy. And that's one of the things that, that, you know, my, my mother's generation, my father's generation didn't believe that happiness was a part of living. I even said something to my mother one time about that, and she said, we never believed that we should be happy. We just thought we should be productive. And so, you know, that was that was the ethic and the culture of that time, that you weren't supposed to be looking for happiness. You were supposed to be looking for being a productive citizen. And that's how you joined the society, by being a productive citizen. Well, that's changed now, and there's a lot of people out there looking for happiness, and I think that's a healthy sign because I think healthy... Happiness is the basic ingredient of wellness and allness. And so when we, when we talk about uh, uh, achieving happiness, we're not just talking about, oh, just go live in bliss. We're talking about something that has all the possibility of making us happy as well. And so gratitude comes into play. So let's talk a little bit more about gratitude. Gratitude is looking around your world in a moment, in a given moment, and receiving what's there. Receiving the air in the room, receiving the colors on the wall, receiving the, the, the fan that's blowing overhead, receiving the, the, the atmosphere of the room itself, receiving the, the colors of the, of the furniture, 
receiving all that's in that room. When you walk outside, receiving the wind that's in your face, receiving the trees that are blowing, receiving the sounds of the bird, receiving the sounds of sirens in the background. You know, when you're uh, really being in a moment, it's all about receiving. So people talk about, uh, Eckhart Tolle wrote The Power of Now, and he was talking about living in this moment. But if we're not receiving what's in that moment, we're not really living in this moment. So this thing about learning to receive love is huge in terms of our ability to be an enlightened person. He also talks about the pain body in his book and talks about how how we live in, we've been taught to believe that that life is very, very painful and hard and struggling and and so we have developed a whole body of belief around that whole structure. And so we live in that pain body instead of receiving what's really there for us in a given moment. Now, the pain can be part of what we receive, so I don't want to negate that. Part of what we can receive in a given moment is the pain in that given moment. But under that pain, there's also a gift. And we can know that by faith, that that there is a gift under it. We may not be able to find it just yet, but that there is a gift under it is part of how we receive love. And, And being able to be true to the moment means being able to really receive what's there in that moment, to really look at the light, the, the way the light um, falls into a room, you know, the, the secret sounds in a room, the silence in a room. Um, just being present with what is, is receiving what is. And receiving what is, is receiving love because everything is love. And so we learning to receive love that comes from to us from our circumstances is also a part of, of, of the moment of learning how to live into the now, to live alive to the now. Um, accepting loving gestures from other people, making eye contact with people on the street and smiling at them and saying, hello, how are you? That's just a little tiny little moment of a loving gesture. Um, they don't have to say, how are you? They don't have to say hi. They can look the other way. And a lot of people do. A lot of people don't make eye contact with you because either they're afraid or they don't like people or they are shy or some other reason. They, they just don't make eye contact with people as they pass them on the street. But on the occasion that you can make, manage to make eye contact, that's one of the goals that I have in my daily routine. If I go to the grocery store, when I pass a person, I want to make eye contact if they'll let me. I'm not going to, like, you know, shove my face in their face, but I, I, if they'll let me, I'm going to make eye contact with them and s- smile and say hello um, because that's a, a gift I give and it's a gift I receive from them if they smile and say hello back. Uh, and I see things in people's eyes. I see sorrow and suffering sometimes. I see happiness. I see willingness. I see power. I see all kinds of things in people's eyes as I pass them on the street, and I'm receiving that moment as I do that. Walking down the street, seeing a flower growing up in the crack in the sidewalk, being able to really just relish in that and see the art in it. Um, I don't know whether I was a photographer in another life or a painter in another life or something, but I I have have this ability to look at um, little strange-looking things like stairwells and... uh, unpainted walls and dirty buildings and falling down buildings and things like that and see some kind of beauty in it. 
um, because I, I I don't know why I do that, but I but I but it really is very meaningful to me that I can see that beauty in those things, even though it looks pretty ugly from on the surface. Um, that there's something magical about everything on this planet. There's something very magical about it, and if we can just receive that, then we we have received a little love from the divine, and that's a little piece of of our wholeness, of our wellness, of our happiness. And it makes our days go better and we feel better about living life and we don't feel so anxious and worried about things. So gratitude can help in a lot of ways. And we'll talk some more about how gratitude can be helpful to us right after the break. So stay tuned for more right after this. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to Lead Up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your hosts, Colleen Biggs and Dee Daniels, speak with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Listen for Mindful Matters, Love, Sex, Spirit, hosted by Dr. Dory Lynn. Dr. Dory is coming back, sexy, savvy, and with sage advice from nearly eight decades of life experience. It's not retirement, it's refirement. It's fun, it's deep. Listening just makes you feel good. If you're looking for straight talk without all the bull in the world, be sure to tune in to Dr. Dory and Mindful Matters, Love, Sex, Spirit. Live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Make an appointment listening right now. Are you looking for a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Do you want your business to thrive? Do you want to enjoy better relationships and find your purpose? Tune in every week to Stepping Into the Tao Chung Life Transformation with Master Shaw with host Diana Gold Holland, who will share the wisdom of Master Shaw. You'll hear from inspiring teachers and listen to testimonials about life transformation. Stepping Into the Tao Chung can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. in the West and 6 p.m. in the East on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at AndreaMatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about learning how to receive love. What we've said thus far is that we've been taught how to love other people. We've been taught that we should love other people. We've actually obligated ourselves to love other people. And here lately, we've even talked about how we should love ourselves, but we haven't learned much about how to receive love. And what we've been saying is that receiving love is a daily, part of our daily routine, and that's what I want to spend some more time talking about. Our daily routine can be all about receiving love. 
And what a way to live, what a way to, to, to grow is to open up uh, to the possibility that we can receive love all day, every day. What a beautiful concept. And uh, according to Richard Rohr, who's going to be on uh, Super Soul Sunday this coming Sunday, June the 2nd at 11 a.m. Eastern and Pacific on the OWN channel, um, true enlightenment is looking out from oneness. Um, and, and, that ha- and he will talk about how to tra- that can transform the way we live every day in our world. And that's, that is, uh, that's what we're talking about here. If I truly believe that I am one with all people and all things and, and with the divine, then I can connect with any of those things and people anytime at all. And I can do that by receiving the love that is in that person, place, or thing. Um, I can receive what's there. I can receive its colors. I can receive its shapes. I can receive its smells. I can receive its design. I can receive all that it has to give and really appreciate it. And so appreciation is... I remember taking music appreciation and all the, t- all the music teacher wanted to teach us was jazz and I didn't like jazz very much so I didn't appreciate the music he taught very much. Uh, but uh, what happened was I came to appreciate a little bit of jazz because uh, I could see how it delighted the teacher, how, how delighted he was in that, in that uh, his love of jazz. And you see people who love a certain kind of music or a certain kind of poetry or a certain kind of book or a certain kind of of uh, opera or things like that, you you see their love of it. And while you may not like that thing, you may not be an opera fan or you may not be a, a jazz fan, but but you can appreciate their love of it and uh, and understand and receive that as as the love they have to give to that. The power of their love can be contagious. And so, while you may never come to be a jazz uh, fan or an opera fan, you, you can appreciate the people that have that, who do, to, who do love it. And you can sit and listen to them talk about it. Um, my son is a geologist, and he talks about rocks a lot. And I don't know anything about rocks, and I don't know the big words he's using for how he explores the rocks. But he loves it, and I love his love of it. And I enjoy listening to him just because he's so, he loves to talk about it. And uh, so I enjoy watching his face move as he talks about it. That's receiving love. That's receiving what's there to give that I can really appreciate and be thankful for, be grateful for. Um, you know, when, we, when we, uh, we, we think that difference means that we can't be with other people. If you're different from me, then I can't really be with you. There's a lot of that going on right now in the political scene. If you're a conservative, then I can't be with liberals. And if I'm a liberal, I can't be with conservatives. And, and uh, while there's a lot of uh, distinctions that need to be made and we need to really clarify, you know, what's true for America, I really think we need to be doing that. We need to really clarify what's true for America. We also need to be able to appreciate each person's place in this dynamic because it is a dynamic. It, between two sides, it's a dynamic. And we can appreciate the, the energy that goes to what is it that we as a collective are trying to create right now through the oppositions. Um, there's oppositions that are very apparent. Um, the sameness is not very apparent. And yet there is something that we as a collective are trying to create 
out of this, these oppositions that can be very helpful to us uh, and will be eventually once we get there. We'll look back on these oppositions and go, oh, I see what we were trying to create now. But we don't know it yet. So we're in the place where we just have to sort of sit with it and see what it brings to us. And that's receiving love. So sitting with our own feelings, sitting with our own emotions, sitting with, uh, with what goes on inside of us is a way of receiving love from the self to the self. So I'm sitting with my fear. My fear tells me all kinds of terrible things are going to happen. Of course, nothing is happening right now. My fears are telling me, oh, terrible things are going to happen. What will I do if they do? What will, how will I prepare for those things that are going to happen? And uh, I can sit with that and say, there's a little child in there that's afraid. And uh, she, she got taught to be afraid. She got taught to think she had to figure everything out in advance so that, so that she could make sure everything was safe before it ever happened. And I can be with her and love her and appreciate where she comes from and just sit and receive what there is to receive. Um, so it's all, it's all about this whole thing of learning that reception is a very, very important psychological and spiritual ingredient so that we, we not only give, which, which Carl Jung would have called giving, the masculine, a masculine force and receiving a feminine force. So what he means by that is that we need both. We need to be able to give and we need to be able to receive. But if we give without receiving, then what are we giving? What is it that we're giving? We're giving emptiness. We're giving something that's, we're trying to shine the light from a light bulb that has no light in it because it hasn't been turned on. Um, so, you know, we need to turn that light on by receiving first and then from what we receive then we give um, we've got it backwards we think we're supposed to give and and um, and then after we've spent uh, a lifetime giving then maybe we will receive our heavenly reward um, but you know that's a western motif a western religious motif that says we have to wait 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 to receive but Carl Jung would say that receiving is a vital ingredient to our psychological wholeness. And that it's by receiving that we learn to give as well. So I can't, I, I can only truly genuinely give as I receive. I can, but I, I, I can fake it. I can pretend to be giving. I can give from something that is a should, but it's not genuine. It doesn't come from a real place inside of me because I haven't let myself receive. Now, it's not that black and white. You know, it's not, you know, people do give a lot of things that, that, you know, I might not know what they've received in order to give. And they might be giving out of shoulds, but I don't know what they've received in order to get to that place. So I can't judge that. But I do think that it's really important for us to understand that, that receiving is a vital core ingredient to wholeness. And, um, and that's what Carl Jung believed, and that's what I believe, and I think it's important for us to understand that receiving is there for us to, to have and to hold all day, every day. And gratitude, so let's talk about gratitude for a minute. Lots of times we, we want to say the words, thank you for this thing. And I think sometimes for me, I'll just share this with you, sometimes for me saying words destroys the gratitude it, it means that i'm having to turn it into words instead of just being with the feeling of gratitude um so 
I just, I, instead of saying thank you for the sky, I just enjoy looking at the sky. And that is my gratitude. That is my receiving. Um, instead of turning it into words. So a lot of times we say, well, we need to make a, we need to make a, um, a gratitude journal. And I'm not opposed to that. I think those can be very helpful. On the other hand, when we're turning things into words, sometimes we're not uh, realizing, really realizing how grateful we are because we haven't just sat with the feeling. We're trying to turn the feeling into words too quickly. So I would encourage you to sit with the feeling. And then if you want to make words, go ahead and make words. But first sit with the feeling um, so that it, it becomes a genuine experience that you can really have and hold. So receiving love it comes from the expectation that there is love to receive. And many of us have been taught that love is not something that we receive, it's something that we give. And, uh, and that's how it should be. And um, so when we read the 1 Corinthians 13, ch- the chapter in uh, the New Testament, 1 Corinthians, when we read that chapter, whether you're a Christian or not, and when you read that chapter, it comes down to this is how we should love. We should be patient, we should be loving, we should be kind, we should be generous, we should be forgiving, we should be, should be, should be, should be, should be. That's a, but I read that really differently. And I'm just going to share with you how I read it and let you make up your mind about what you think. I think that's how we are loved. I think the divine loves us with a lot of patience and loving kindness and generosity and, uh, and forgiveness and you know, uh, all those all those traits that it says love should have, I think that's how we are loved. And I think that's that's really, really important for us to understand that 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 kind of love is available for us to us twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred and sixty five days a year. that we are we are loved. We are generously loved, and we can let go and surrender to that love and just be washed in it, be be uh, adored in it, be really recognized as a real being with a real soul and a real heart in it. We can be just lifted up in it. And so being able to receive means sitting with that truth, that truth that there is that kind of love available to us, for us at all times. Um, so when we're, when we're talking about the potential to receive love, there is included in that a spiritual element that says that that, that kind of love is available to us from the divine at all times. And uh, so that's something I want you to think about and decide what you believe to be true. But if you, if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that there is a love for you to receive from the divine, if you don't even believe there is a divine, that's okay. You still can receive love from other people and from life itself and from the gift of walking through this life uh, as a person and, and, and receiving whatever comes your way and seeing if you can find love in it. So it's important for us to recognize that whether you, whatever your beliefs are with regard to religion or with regard to spirituality, whatever those are, it's still possible for you to receive love. So when you're with your child and they do something interesting or funny or loving or quirky, you can really appreciate that moment and really be with your child in that moment 
and that is you receiving love. When you're with your spouse or your partner, you can you can really receive the love that's going on between you, whether it's a hug or a kiss or a talk or just sitting holding hands or walking to taking a walk together or whatever it is that you're doing that's loving, just to really be able to really let yourself relish in that moment and just really receive that moment because it's yours. You can have it and it belongs to you and will forever belong to you. Nobody can ever take it away from you. So that's, that's, uh, that's you know, receiving love. When we, when, we, when we learn to receive is when we will learn to give. We've got it backwards. We've been taught to give without first receiving. And I say, let us sit with the love that is ours. And then from there, the light bulb is lit and we can light the world. So that's our program for today. This is all we have for today. So remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. We'll be back again next week. Talk to you then. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week. 